All right, we have a returning guest with us today. Not just once returning, but a multiple returning guest with us. I guess he has a lot to say. <laughs> so welcome back, Doug Lawrence. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much once again for having me back. I thoroughly enjoy having these conversations with you. So coming back to, uh, again, is uh, is truly a blessing. Yay. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. Um, and so for those new people who have not seen your other interviews, you're going to have to go back and look at them because we're not repeating everything. But give us a little, a little brief of uh, who you are. Um, so... Doug Lawrence, obviously. I'm retired uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer, served for 25 years. Um, as a result of my service, I ended up with uh, PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder and had to deal with that for uh, a number of years. And there's a whole story behind all of that. But... Which we talked about a lot in your first episode here. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's why you guys got to go back and look at it because we did talk about it. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. And so, you know, to sort of fast forward to where we are today, um, as probably a lot of our listeners would likely remember, my uh, I lost my wife to cancer in 2021. Um, and so I've been going through the, the dealing with grief and still am dealing with grief. And I, you know, I think that there's a bit of overtures over the post-traumatic stress as well, but kind of ties into that but yeah. anyway um and i have been working really hard at working with other people who are dealing with similar things because what you know what everybody finds is that all i want is somebody that has kind of walked in my shoes before that it sort of has that compassion um understanding that you know grief can do different things to you. And as a result of that, um, I've been kept fairly, not as busy as I would like to, because I know there's more people out there that need, that could use, use and need help. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the stigmatism that we, uh, we talk about mental health and getting help. And that is, same sort of thing with grief is that people seem to be reluctant to take that first step. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And it's not something actually just got me thinking. It's not something that we talk about where there is a stigma around grief because I'm going to totally generalize here. Um, but there's this like, well, how long are you supposed to grieve for? Yeah. Right. Like it, yeah. it should be over by now. And I'm not saying this to you, but oh, it's been two years. Right. Like, no, that is not the way that works um there's still time so my grandma died 10 years ago 11 years ago now and there's still times that I'll be like oh oh god tell my grandma this and be like oh um I can't <laughs> right so like I, I don't think there's there's definitely not a time frame for you to be finished grieving I don't think you're ever done but it might change I, I would agree with that and I you asked me to give you just a short, small snippet, and I already shot that. So, but that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. You should you should talk about the duration because I I belong to this 
lunch club group that uh, and I end up getting hooked up with people all over the place. And I ended up having this conversation with this with this gentleman that said that he would lost his son and it had been 12 to 14 years. And he said, I'm still grieving. So you're absolutely right is that there there's no you don't turn a corner and boom it's all gone and it's it's forgotten it's definitely not and I think that as the sooner that we can get to a place where we accept the fact that you know grief is something that can and will hang on for a long period mm-hmm. of time and we have to it's like a lot of other things you just have to learn to manage it yeah Exactly. And that's why I think grief and mental health go really well hand in hand in that way is that it's, it can change over time, but it's still always there. You just do the process differently. Even um, for those that eventually get remarried, I think that they still always grieve the one that they lost. Even they, you can still be happy in your current, <laughs> what you looking for? Oh, I don't know where the broom is, but the vacuum's right there. <laughs> my husband, everyone. That was yeah, my husband. A surprise guest. Um, apparently he spilled the cat litter. Um, oh. but that means he's doing it. So yay. Yeah, that's a positive. Right. Um, so what was I saying? So yeah, so grief. Um you can be at a good, happy place, but still be grieving. It's a very similar to mental health, right? You can have good days and you can also have bad days. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of bad days, one of the things that I've, I've, I was kind of challenged with this, this year at Christmas time was so for, let's say the last two Christmases. So Deborah's past last two Christmases, and I'm going, oh, well, is that all there is to this? You know, this is, this, I, I can handle this. And then this Christmas landed, oh, not the same story, boy, not the same story. What made it different? Or maybe you can't put your finger on it. Oh, I, I, I know that it de- deals with sadness and emptiness and and loneliness and so you know where deborah was the she was the christmas person she was high energy decorate this decorate that you know spend time here spend time there all that and that's gone yeah so that yeah that changes things entirely it you know it it because now I'm sort of thinking, okay, so now for next Christmas, now what? What's going to take place? How do I how do I go about managing all of that? Uh, you know, because we went, we tried to do a lot of the traditions that we did when Deborah was alive, and yeah. it's still not the same. Yeah. And I think, um, and obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just guessing here, but the first Christmas that she was gone, it would still be much more raw, like she's gone. And then you've had some time to deal with it. Um, And then this past Christmas, it is more like, huh, there's an emptiness, like you had said, but it's, it would be very different than the first one, 
because the first one would have been much more raw and immediate yeah. compared to this one. No, I'd agree with that 100%. And, and actually, that kind of brings a bit of clarity to it, too. But, you know, the part, I guess, that, and I, I shouldn't be thinking about it now, but I'm already, you know, trying to formalize and or figure out in my head, yeah. okay, so what's Christmas 2024 going to look like? How's that going to feel? And, and how am I going to manage it? Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to think about right now. I would say it would be a, a bad thing to get stuck on. Um, but understanding that there is going to be some managing to happen means that you can prepare ahead of time and kind of, cause like you said, you were talking to other people and, and you go for your lunch group. Maybe it's something that they have some kind of understanding of and can shed some light on. Right. So understanding what is to come is not necessarily a bad thing, but being stuck is when it can become a bad thing. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I and I don't I don't know that I want like I don't see myself getting stuck, but I see myself having a at times having a, a difficult time with everything that's going on around. Yeah, because some there are times where you appreciate the fact that you have family and that around you but there's also times where that makes that complicates things that makes it more difficult to sort of deal with because you've got all this e external i don't know what the word would be external noise noise yeah that would be so yeah. you, you know you've got you've got that going on like family gatherings is that I'm this year was the first year that I was, I stayed, I stayed awake and, and socialized well beyond uh, any time I had before. Oh, okay. and, and, and then, you know, and I actually had that on two occasions this past Christmas, but then I'm thinking now I'm starting to think as I'm telling you this, that maybe that had something to do with the feeling of, of loneliness because um, you can still, you can still have lots of people around you um, yeah. and you can still feel alone. Yes, definitely. Um, my experience with, Oh, excuse me, with it has been with depression and, and that feeling. But yeah, it is a very real thing to be surrounded by people and not just people, but loved ones, but still feel completely isolated and alone. And I don't have a good answer for how to deal with that. Other than I don't know, therapy. <laughs> it, it is a it's a real thing that we can feel and it's pretty awful because you, you you don't you don't really you 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 actually ask yourself is there something wrong with me because I am surrounded by family and friends and all that sort of stuff but yet I don't I feel lonely I you know I feel mm. alone and 
I feel disconnected from mm-hmm. everyone else. And that's part of that whole loneliness yeah. process. And and actually, um, I, as you're seeing all of this, um, it's popping into my head that everyone um, in, in your family and probably close friends would also be going through the grieving process. But first off, obviously, everyone's grieving process is completely different. But you being the spouse would be extra different than someone else, right? So uh, I'm picturing my head right now um, because like when my brother died and we weren't super close at the end, um, but when people would come up, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss or how are you doing? And for me, it's like, okay, you're sorry for my loss. Like, all right, that doesn't help me any, but that like, that's my grieving Mm -hmm. process, right? Um, Honestly, for me, I prefer when people go, well, that sucks. Like to me, I love that. I love when people are, because it feels more empathetic yeah. to what I would be experiencing is, well, that sucks. Not, oh, I'm sorry for your loss, especially for some of the people that are saying it that have never met them. Um, so now I'm picturing you at Christmas with your loved ones and everybody, everyone is in a different grieving spot in their life. How, how do you, and you might not even have an answer. This is maybe rhetorical, but how do you be in a room with everyone who you all know is grieving at different points and you all just still continue to attempt to have a good time without upsetting somebody else. Or, or you continue to just, it's as though it's a normal day and, and, which is okay if that works for you, but it also has an impact on others that are around you because they go, you know, how how insensitive is this particular individual? Yes. You know, it could be a family. Well, it, you know, let's use family as an example. It could be a family member who has a difficult time grieving, so chooses not to, mm-hmm. or chooses not to, um physically display their emotions and where you know i can i can turn the water on and off in a heartbeat um simply by you know something that somebody says or an action or mm-hmm. you know even watching the grandchildren open their christmas presents that was something that you know Deborah absolutely, you know, had to be there to to see all this. And now when you sit there and they're opening their presents, there's one thing missing, Mm -hmm. you know, and and for me, it, I had, sorry. No, that's okay. For me, I, I had, there was times where I actually just, did what I just did now, which was become very emotional because I, you know, I'm thinking, gosh, if, if only Deborah was here. Mm-hmm. You're actually, my, my heart just went oh, and got crushed a little bit. Cause as a grandma, that is one of my favorite, like my absolute favorite things is watching my grandson open his stuff. And he's four now this this year and this christmas he was so funny because you know how most kids just tear open tear through everything oh no he would open one thing and they want to open like open it out of the box he didn't care what the next thing was it had to be open out of the box then he wanted to open the next thing 
<laughs> Where, like I've never seen a kid do that but as so as you're talking I, I'm remembering that and how much fun I had watching and then I'm like my heart is breaking right now that that piece was missing for you and so you getting emotional there I mean I, I'm I'm there with you in the emotional part that uh, not too many stories get to me like that one does Whew. yeah you, you... You know, same sort of thing, and I'm 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 witnessing the evolution of my grandchildren to go from you know, like you said, just ripping the 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 paper, and but what I'm also seeing is that you know they got toys, and then they also got some educational type material and, and stuff like that. And what I saw was the evolution of of my grandchildren to go from not being focused on having to open and start playing with the toys, but looking at the educational games and stuff and, and, and spending time doing that and just kind of parking the other stuff off to the side. Mm -hmm. That, that would have been something that Deborah would have. She would have loved that. Yeah. And I think knowing that she would have loved that and being able to appreciate it as much as it can be emotional and heart-wrenching, I think that is one of the biggest ways that you keep her memory alive. Yeah. And that can be a, a tricky balance, keeping someone's memory alive as you're going through life and trying to... I don't... I hate the term move on. I really don't like it. I don't have a better term. If you do, that'd be great. Maybe just get to a point where you don't want to cry every minute. Maybe you get to a point where you don't feel lonely in a crowd. I don't know. Guys, if you have a better term for, for this, then throw it on in the, the comments below. Let's come up with something together because move on is not the correct word um, or the correct phrase, I guess, because it's two words. But I don't have a better phrase for it. Um, but what I was trying to say before I got on that rant about that phrase, because it actually really bugs me right now, um, was that keeping their having a balance of keeping their memory alive while continuing to live your life the way that they would want you to. Um, right? Because I'm assuming she would want you yeah. to be happy and enjoy the grandkids yeah. and right. Um, and continue on, maybe continue on instead of move on. That's that's the way we say it. Anyways, um, I so having that balance of it without it making you break down, that's got to be like a really hard place to get to. And I mean, maybe it's not a place you get to. I, I don't know. I, it might be something you get to in time. Yeah, only time. But it's definitely not. There's no light switch that you throw on and off. And here we are, you know, so to speak. Um, but you know, and that's some of the things that I've noticed is that, uh, keeping traditions while not being stuck or glued to having to follow, you know, okay, so this was the tradition and that is that we, we need to respect some of those traditions, but we also need to create our own. That's a good way to, Yeah. Yeah, where you're leaving space for her in a sense, because um, obviously 
you don't want to forget. Um, but also continue. I really, I'm liking this continuing on instead of moving. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Um, but also continuing on without her physically being there. And that fits, that fits in quite nicely with the whole healing journey. It's yeah. a continuous, you know, we continue to heal and, and, and grow working, not necessarily not working past our grief, but incorporating that into our life yeah. as something that we, we, we understand we, and we accept and mm -hmm. then we also we also know that um it's it's not something that may or it may or may not have a a definitive end yeah actually as you're saying that which is so very true um it reminded me of our conversation when you first came on the show because we talked a lot about PTSD in that episode specifically. Um, and actually last year I was diagnosed with PTSD and, and did a ton of work on it. I'm like, oh, so much of this makes sense now. Um, so, and that reminded me of that understanding and being able to incorporate things into into my life now that I, I didn't grasp before or I didn't understand why a certain a certain sentence or a certain smell or whatever would trigger um, such a physical, awful reaction. And so very similar, I think, to what you're saying is that um, finding a place where it, it grief exists, PTSD exists in, in my life, but it's not ruling it anymore. It's not you know, I, I'm not wearing that on the outside constantly. It's just a piece of me now. I've worked through some of the some of the mud, some of the crap. Um, and now you can continue doing things with knowledge of of the grief or knowledge of the PTSD. Does that kind of make sense? It it does. It does. <laughs> and actually, the the terms that I have used in the past ha have been something like I am learning how to manage my grief and not let it manage me. Yes. Something that I've said, and actually I wrote it in one of my books, embracing me, I wrote this in there. I have depression. Depression doesn't have me. Exactly. Um, it's one of my favorite things. I, I, as I was working a lot in therapy on that spot, especially last year with the PTSD part in there, because it goes together with my depression. That was a, pretty much a mantra that I just said quite often to myself because it, I needed to be reminded. Yeah. So, and so it's very similar, not the same. And I think for the audience anyways, the reason I keep saying similar or um, trying to relate it back to myself is because then I can have grasp a better understanding and form a more empathetic understanding of, of what Doug's going through because I will never, well, I shouldn't say never because <laughs> I am married, but hopefully I won't have to have that experience for a very long time. Um, but at this moment in my life, I can't, I, I cannot understand what you went through emotionally. In my head, yep, the words, it makes sense. Emotionally, I can't. So by trying to relate it back to myself, I'm 
getting a better understanding of what you're saying. And I think this is why our show is so important and why guest sharing is so important because as you guys are listening and hopefully then being able to take your own life experiences and be, oh, this is this is similar. It's not the same, but I can sort of understand based on whatever. That is the only way that we're going to stop the stigma, right? It's to gain more understanding. We're not born to knowing everything in life. So if your opinion changes because you've listened to us discuss grief for, for the last half hour or so, awesome. Opinions are allowed to change. Um, and I think that's why it's so important and why I do a lot of relating back to to my stuff. So um, even though the show is about is about our guests, you know, it's good to have that um, relatable content in there as well. So hopefully, you know, you guys have learned something that's going to help, even if you're not going through grief, if you know somebody's going through grief, go, oh, it isn't something that they can just move on from. It is something that you continue with your life by incorporating it into your life yeah that you know and, and i was i was thinking much the same thing i was thinking okay you you don't are for our listeners you don't need to feel that you were are alone because you know you've you've got us as an example you've got us that you can reach out to and we've we've we don't necessarily have all the answers, but we do have the understanding of what it's like. And we do also understand that you're going to deal with your loss differently than how I deal with mine. And like I'm a very emotional individual, uh, very, when it came to the physical, very f physically uh, intimate with Deborah, you know, all of those things, um, that's different than what somebody else may experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so you, 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 it's almost like, do I have to customize my grieving process in order to fit me personally? And the answer to that is yes. I love the way you said that. Like you customize it to yourself. Because I'm always saying everybody is different, but customize it to yourself. And it makes it sound a little fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to throw some humor in, lighten the yeah. mood. Um, and actually, as you were just say, talking now, I just remember back to the very first interview we did. And if you know guys go back and watch the other interviews that Doug did and you will see a change in demeanor in the way that you're talking with a little bit more laughter um because the very first one I was like <laughs> my first my very first impression of you was very stiff and like you know but it's because of where you were at in your grieving process Right. And then the second interview, I was like, okay, because by, by the end of the first one, you had loosened up a little bit. But then the second one, you were further along in, in, in your journey with it. And it, it was a different story. And you were able to share a little more. And then this one, way more, way more. I don't want to say laughter because I'm not trying to, to downplay it, but just no. lighter. It, it was It's lighter today, which is nice because I like that if you go back and you watch those episodes, which I've said like five times, cause I want you to, 
you can see the change and see exactly what Doug's talking about when he's saying that it's, you know, a customized, I love that, a customized grieving process for him. And you can totally see that. Well, and the part that I hope our listeners will take away, and it's good that you're directing them back to, you know, previous shows and stuff like that. But, you know, is is the aspect of, I'm, I know for me, and I see the same even in yourself, the, the willingness to share our experiences has changed from that first interview to, to now is that we're, we're, we're more comfortable in sharing our story because of, you know, just, just overall, uh, for me, it's therapeutic. If I share my story, I, I, it's, it's, it's it's my therapy. That's, you know, so the, we joke about the number of times I've been on your show, but it's, it's like, it's like everyone is different, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the, the day, it still serves that one purpose, which is that's part of my therapy. That's part of what I need in order to move, not move forward because we're not going to use that anymore, but right. to be able to transition to what is now my new life your new normal. I read a book called I Knew Normal and it was so good. I was pregnant at the time, so it fit my life so well by, I can't remember. But anyways, if you Google my new normal, hopefully you'll just get the one book because I can't remember the author's name off the top of my head, but it was really good. And it's, yeah, what you're saying, it's, it's a new normal in your life. Yeah. And yet, you know, part of the stigmatism is that you know, I have to be able to accept the fact that I'm going to be dealing with a new normal. And and that's where the customizing how I'm going to grieve, that's how that fits into that whole picture mm-hmm. is I need to be able to, number one, understand, number two, accept the fact that I'm going to have this. And number three is to continue to manage it so that it doesn't manage me. Oh, I love that. I don't think we can say anything that's going to say be better than those three points, especially that last one. Um, so because that was the perfect ending of this conversation um, and because our time is coming close to an end, of course, I'm sure you're going to be back again. I mean, I <laughs> hope so. You better be. Because uh, then again, we can continue this conversation and see where your customized journey goes. Um but you've written a couple books. I know I've read one of them anyways, and it was fantastic. So tell us a little bit what you've written, where we find it. So I've written two books, and the third one's kind of in the hopper. We're kind of working away on on the editing and, and rewriting quite a, actually quite a bit of Oh, rewriting. so you'll be back for that one. Okay, got it. That's when you'll be back. Got it. So Yeah. So we'll target to try and, and come back for when that book uh, hits the... Uh, it's the market. So, but yeah, I've written two books. Uh, the Gift of Mentoring was my first one. And then my second book, which is the one I'm kind of very proud, not kind of, I am proud of is it's uh, titled You Are Not Alone. That's and the one I read. 
Yeah, Amazon, number one bestseller, North America, the UK. I gave it five stars, guys. So just saying. And then, <laughs> and then it's our bronze medal global book awards. So the book has, uh, it, what it basically does is it it creates the storyline of mentoring being part of the support structure for mental health, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what it's all all about is that we need to have something that's going to help bridge from my counseling appointment today where and I know it's going to be four months before I get back in to see them my mental health mentor for lack of a better choice mm-hmm. of words is the person that's going to stand beside me walk beside me until I can actually get back to see that counselor yeah. and you can watch this show weekly as part of that that's right <laughs> yeah it, it was a really um I, I really liked that book uh if you go on amazon you'll see my review on, on the blog you'll see the review that i wrote for it so it i definitely think that it's worth the read and i love the idea that we help we can help each other in between professional help because I, I, there's nothing beats professional help i'm a huge proponent of that um but yeah, what do you do in between appointments? And what do you do, even if you have an appointment in two weeks, say? Two weeks can be a very long time. Yes. So what do you do? Yeah. Right? Um, and so, yeah, you can get all that stuff on Amazon. Where where do we follow you? You know, you can uh, LinkedIn, uh, search my name and that. You can follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, what's the, the new one is uh, X, I guess it is. Yes, Twitter is now X. Twitter is now X. Um, yeah, so on those, and and if you, you know, you read the book or you listen to this particular show or you go back and you, li- or you listen to the show and then go back, you know, and you have, you have some, yeah, all of the above and you have questions, you can reach out to me at uh, Doug.Lawrence at talentc.ca and I'd be more than delighted to have a conversation with you to help help you on your journey that is awesome so thank you again for coming back on the show um and i definitely look forward to when you come back again because we just we definitely got to promote this next one that's coming out and we will for sure have more to talk about always there's always more guys always um so never think that when a guest comes back we're repeating a conversation because we're not because none of my questions are ever pre-thought of we just conversate that's what I love about the show. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Do you have any last last words for the listeners? No, I just, you know, I say no and then I launch it. <laughs> I do I, the same thing. I I just, you know, I, I encourage all our listeners to, you know, take advantage of what information it, that Randy provides, you know, through her podcast. And I... I I don't think that there are words that can adequately describe how you and I work well together and how we actually get a you know a very compelling story out there for your listening audience and for that I thank you. Thank you. There are there are just some guests that I absolutely adore having come back on again and again um because I feel like we're just not finished talking, you yeah. know. So thank you again, and we will talk again 
soon. All right. Take care. Thank you.